Actually, so, okay. So I've recently, recently started seeing a therapist, actually, because I realized through various interactions that, like, I have a very difficult time telling people that I, like, care about them, which also sense like, telling people that I, like, love them, but I also have a very difficult time, like, showing affection towards people in general, which, like, I didn't realize until a while. But it's like, I think it's part of like growing up in a household that was like very devoid of emotion. Like not necessarily good or bad, just like literally no like, like pre like static, which like, you know, it's fine in some ways, but I think it like made me less like willing to express my emotions. And like, I don't like doing that. So I don't know if there's anyone that I love. I think I like have a good group of friends right now that I really care about and I think I love them, but I don't know that it's like, like that's a lot. That's, that's cool. The year is 1682. Thomas Lord Culpepper is returning to Virginia for the first time in over a year. The reason this is significant is because, in the year 1682, Thomas Lord Culpepper was supposed to be the governor of Virginia. However, like many of his time, he chose to reside mainly in the then more developed England, leaving most of the colonial duties to riffraff who were colony side. Now, Thomas Lord Culpepper was returning because for months there had been rioting in the colonies, his colony. But upon his return, he found that the riffraff he'd left behind to manage his colony had already handled the riots. Now, Thomas Lord Culpepper had always been more interested in his business assets in Virginia than in his colonial duties in Virginia, a trait that, even 300 years later, many politicians can't seem to shake. So, perhaps it was this, in combination with his mismanagement of nearly 10,000 pounds worth of treasury funds of the colony that caused a very disgruntled King Charles II to pass his role on to somebody else. But even as the role was passed on and successors came and went, Virginia's governors were still choosing not to reside in Virginia, leaving most of the management to people who were colony side. It wasn't until the birth, in October of 1693, of Thomas Fairfax, 6th Lord Fairfax of Cameron, that Virginia would eventually get its first in-colony governor. Now I say eventually because Thomas Fairfax didn't actually move back to Virginia for another 50 years. But it was upon his return to Virginia that, some might argue, the colony's success really began. In fact, Lord Fairfax found himself with so much land that he hadn't even explored all of it. In 1748, he employed the man who would soon become the United States' first ever president, George Washington, who was then 16, in his first ever job, to survey the lands that lay to the west of Lord Fairfax's claims. Despite their friendship, Lord Fairfax did remain loyal to the British crown during the American Revolution, and nearing the end of his life, his lands were all confiscated once the United States won. Still, Lord Fairfax's memory lives on. His legacy is embedded into the fabric of Northern Virginia. Fairfax County, named after him, adopted his coat of arms as their official seal. Some 250 years after his death, Fairfax County is home to over 1 million people, making it the most populous county in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's also the county where I was born and where the person whose story you're about to hear grew up. Welcome to the second ever episode of The Human Project. I'm Pedro De Silva, your host. The Human Project is a podcast that operates under a single simple premise, that everyone has a story. Some stories are painful, some stories are funny, some stories are bizarre, but at the end of the day, everyone has a story worth telling. This season, the people who you'll hear stories from share at least one thing in common, and that's that they can all trace their origins either through their parents or through themselves 
to somewhere outside of the United States or outside of where they are now. But if you follow along closely, you might notice that there's something else we all share too. That thing that makes us human. If you like this podcast, or even if you just like the idea of it, make sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe. You'll never miss an episode, and it goes a long way in making sure that other people who might love it too actually get a chance to hear it. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, for the main event. Tell me about where you grew up. So I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, grew up in the same like 25 mile radius, like pretty much my whole life. So kind of like moved around, but like moved around within the same little area. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's actually interesting. So like I asked my parents why they chose Northern Virginia out of like elsewhere, because sort of like the story of like how many parents like came to the U.S. It was like super unintentional, like they were not intending on like living here. They like would come every like couple months to like essentially vacation basically. Um, and then there was one year where they like they would like stay out too long or they like missed some sort of like requirement. And when they got here, they were like, okay, then you either like you should stay here and like go to your like court hearing or you can like go back, but you'd lose whatever you know, like they like had a green card, so they were like. Okay, we don't want to lose this, so we'll just stay here. They stayed, and then like eight years later, went to their court date. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, so yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But it was also kind of like they did not intend on like 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 our house was like not packed up, and it, like I remember like being like five and being like, oh okay, we'll be back in like two weeks. But yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I think for sure. Um, I think it's sort of like the idea of like what I mentioned earlier of like doing things for yourself, like feeling like you're doing things too much for yourself. I feel like that's definitely like that's where that comes from, right? Because it literally was like a like should not have happened kind of thing. So yeah impacted my life yes <laughs> yeah yes but also sort of like i think made me more aware of like like made me look outside of my own like individuality and like me as a person versus like me as like part of a larger like, something i don't know what that is but like more we're looking at like what can i do that's not entirely focused just on me so i think you need to focus on yourself a little but I also think you like need to balance focusing on yourself versus like focusing on this elusive community that people speak of. So. Tell me about someone you met. Ooh, that's a big question. I don't. That's well. <laughs> In case you missed that, the question was: Tell me about someone you love. Sorry about the sound quality. We were in a diner. This interview was unplanned. No, okay. Okay, wow. <laughs> Why'd you ask that? <laughs> actually, so, okay. So I've recently, recently started seeing a therapist, actually, because I realized through various interactions that, like, I have a very difficult time telling people that I, like, care about them, which also makes sense, like, telling people that I, like, love them, but I also have a very difficult time, like, showing affection towards people in general, which, like, I didn't realize 
until a while. But it's like, I think it's part of like growing up in a household that was like very devoid of emotion. Like not necessarily good or bad, just like literally no, like, like pretty like static. Which like, you know, it's fine in some ways, but I think it like made me less like willing to express my emotions. And like, I don't like doing that. So I don't know if there's anyone that I love. I think I like have a good group of friends right now that I really care about and I think I love them, but I don't know that it's like, like that's a lot. That's. That's I don't like this No, it's good, it's good, but like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's good coming. But yeah, no, I I think I like care for a lot of people, but I don't know that I like, have ever like, oh, I love this person, right? Are you, are you ever nervous about that? Nervous about what? About <laughs> feeling Yeah, no, yeah. Because I, I feel like it's like it's an important skill to know how to like do, yeah. right? And I hate to like make it sound like it's like a, a skill that you pick up to like you know round out your toolbox, but I feel like it's no, I feel like it's like it's an important thing to be able to like tell people you care about them because it's like they might not be there tomorrow, the day after, or like the next hour. You know what I mean? It's like very much like a I'm working on like how do you express emotion towards people and like. Like the vulnerability aspect, you know what I mean? I think that's like, like there's some ways that I'm very comfortable being vulnerable, but I think there are others, particularly like telling people that I care about them, like telling people that I love them, telling people that I like feel something for them. I feel like I don't know how to do that, and it's important because it's like, like you have to, you know what I mean? It's like it's a very important thing. It's very important, but also it's like very much like if in like maintaining any sort of like friendship relationship, I feel like it's important to like express to each other yeah like how do you feel right and like why like why why are we here that kind of thing do you, do you have any idea of why you struggle with that so as i've learned through therapy <laughs> no actually that but for real um yeah i think it is a large part of like growing up in a household that's like not very like emotional at all and it's like i was very emotional and that was always like responded to negatively right or like spoken of negatively so i feel like that like made me less so like when you like okay so i try to express emotion and then that would like be seen negatively right so i'm kind of like why would i continue to do that then so i think that's a large part of it but i think i'm like also like now kind of realizing i'm like a little mostly asexual so it's like a little like there's that aspect too so i feel like that also just kind of like is the background under which i have trouble telling people that I like love them particularly right and I think also it's like interrogating like love is only romantic right I feel like that's the other thing so I'm like that's and then there's not a lot of that there's really not a lot of that I feel like every example of like love is is a romantic yeah and it's like I don't think that's I don't know if that's like the best option but also it's not like the most accurate of what love should be Some thoughts. What is love? Does it matter that it's different depending when and with who? Does it matter that we know which neurotransmitters are activated and when, when it's happening? Are these understandings important when it's so messy and so misunderstood? When we'll never know the why to the why? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. As of this posting, this podcast is a completely independent project, conceived of 
produced and hosted by myself, Pedro de Silva. So if you enjoyed it, make sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. It only gets better from here. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Hope you can take it all. I'm too good to you. Only too good to you. You take my love for granted. I just don't understand it. I'm too good to you. Only too good to you. You take my love for granted. Oh.